turn in your Bibles to uh, Romans 15. Uh, We're staying in the book of Romans, uh, but um, you'll hear uh, Romans 3, 9 through 20 next week, Lord Lord willing. Uh, Romans chapter 15, we're focusing on verse 33, but let me begin reading with uh, verse 30. Romans 15, verse 30. Hear the word of God. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Father and our God, we we thank you that your word is indeed that lamp unto our feet, that light unto our path, to lead us in darkness. And, and certainly these seem to be dark days from, from one perspective, Lord. Uh, but the light shines ever more brightly, brilliantly in the darkness. And may we as your church, as your children, Father, shine with the light and love and life of Christ and uh, Pray that your word uh, this morning, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would uh, convict, comfort, and lead us to a closer walk of faith with Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. The verse we're focusing on this morning is just verse 33. Uh, May the God of peace uh, be with you all. Amen. Uh, Today's sermon is what is called an occasional sermon. Uh, The Puritans advised against that. Occasional sermons meaning, you know, you hear the news, look what's um, current online and uh, see which way the wind is blowing and uh, then preach. Uh, But there are are times like these. I thought about it. Uh, September 11th, 2001, uh, many of us remember uh, that day was uh, still great sadness and uh, grief uh, with the uh, terrorist attack on the Twin Towers. And I remember preparing to preach for that Sunday, uh, September 16th. Um, went back to my records, uh, preached on Psalm 55, uh, trusting God in times of trial. I know you all were hit hard by uh, Hurricane Katrina and Rita, but when we were in Jackson, it was Katrina. You know, it came in to the Jackson, Mississippi area early, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Um, Took out power for even there in central Mississippi, but uh, by God's grace, our church there uh, near downtown Jackson had power, and so we met on that Sunday uh, for worship. And and now today, uh, the coronavirus crisis, 
you know, not only locally in our country, it's global. Uh, and I thought about all the emotions that have gripped people's hearts. You know, fear, dread, anxiety, panic buying. My wife coaxed me into going down to Sam's yesterday, and I was fearful. But we lived to tell the story and got what we needed. There's a psalm that uses a word in the King James, um, Psalm 42. It's used a few times, then again in Psalm 43. You know, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted, is the word. You know, why are you in turmoil? And uh, not preaching on Psalm 55, Psalm 42, but, you know, Romans 15:33. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. You know, what is to be our, our response in these days as Christians? You know, we are called to pray. And, and here is a... Uh, a great way, a gospel way for, for us to be praying. You know, for uh, this is the truth here, in comfort and in crisis, may we steadfastly pray for God's gospel peace. Not only for ourselves, but, you know, a lost world around us. You know, three truths about prayer here. Uh, there's a call to prayer. Uh, There's a comfort in prayer and then a confidence in prayer. You know, there's a call to prayer. You know, know, here in, beginning in Romans 15, verse 30, encourage you to keep your Bibles open. You know, Paul is in a gospel crisis. Uh, It doesn't use that word crisis, but if you go back to verse 22, Paul is writing here to the church at Rome He lays out his plans. He is going to bring this offering, vital offering, to the church at Jerusalem. And then his plans are to go to Rome to visit the Christians there. Keep in mind the Apostle Paul has never been to Rome. This is a letter introducing himself and and the gospel to them. And then scripture even tells us it was Paul's plan to go to Spain. Uh, So Rome was just going to be a leaping point uh, for him. Uh, But if you read through the book of Acts, uh, Paul's plans, his hopeful plans, and Paul was trusting in Christ, never took place. He made it to Rome, but he was a prisoner there. Uh, You can read about it beginning in Acts chapter 21. And so... He is calling God's people to prayer. A strong word there, verse 30, I appeal to you, brothers. I urge you. I encourage you. I plead with you. Brothers, he's talking to brothers and sisters in Christ. And now we see the power for prayer. You know, in verse 30, you can see every person of the Trinity mentioned. By our Lord Jesus Christ, by the love of the Spirit, and then skip ahead a few words in our in your prayers to God. You know, so every person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are at work as He is 
praying here. It's a Trinitarian prayer. The uh, love of the Spirit is uh, difficult at first glance to understand. The best way of looking at it is that the Holy Spirit enables them as a church family to love one another in the name of Christ. And still with this appeal, he calls them, strive together with me. Battle together with me. There is spiritual warfare taking place here. There's an intensity to this prayer. You know, join the fight with me. You know, and acknowledging as well, it's corporate prayer. You know, Paul is praying, but he is calling upon the church uh, to be praying with him. You know, and we are given three pleas for prayer, three specific things. Paul asks them to pray for him. You know, verse 31, first, for his safety, that I may be delivered, delivered from the unbelievers in Judea. Uh, secondly, uh, for a successful issue of his mission, that my uh, service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. He's bringing this offering. He prays that it's well received, gladly received, that it'll help spread the gospel. And then third, he prays for his uh, sweet arrival in, in Rome. Verse 32, so that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company that I may be reinvigorated. You know, it's a call to prayer. Uh, You know, today is the National Day of Prayer. And back when I swore I wouldn't use my cell phone for children's sermon or, but uh, this was more efficient today. Let me read. This is from Franklin Graham, Billy Graham Association. This call to prayer. He writes, Our president has declared tomorrow, Sunday, March 15th, to be a national day of prayer. He reminded the entire country that throughout its history, the United States has looked to God for strength and protection in times like these. I am thankful to President Trump for recognizing the power of prayer and showing faith in the Lord to intervene on our behalf with so much uncertainty surrounding the coronavirus around the world. People are afraid. Now is the time for Christians to be strong and courageous, knowing that Almighty God is with us. As his word instructs us, we are to cast out, cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. 1 Peter 5, 7. Now the content, Uh, again from uh, Franklin Graham. We need to pray for those who are sick and their family, for those who are living in fear and anxiousness, for the professionals who are providing medical care, for those working on treatments and a vaccine, uh, for COVID-19 and for our leaders to act with wisdom and courage as they make vital decisions that impact each of our lives, Please also lift up the president and our nation's coronavirus task force, headed up by Vice President Mike Pence, in prayer as they work closely and diligently with the myriad of issues related to this pandemic. And he goes on from there, and I'll be glad to send you the link there. 
you know, at our session meeting tomorrow night, I'm going to um, ask our my fellow elders that uh, we, we call a day for prayer and fasting this Friday. You know, that that's optional. You know, not can't mandate, can't bind your conscience, but uh, why do we fast? You know, two reasons. One, we take the time we normally use for, you know, cooking, buying, eating food, and, and use that time for prayer. And uh, as well, if you're like me, when your stomach growls, it's uh, God's reminder to pray. You know, if your stomach's growling, okay, okay, Lord, I, I hear you. And, and not for the world, you know, not not to brag on it, you know, not so you can, you know, wear a badge saying, you know, I'm fasting today, you know, but you may still be at work, school, home, wherever you might be, but to say, Lord, today is a day set apart, you know, to be praying, you know, uh, for those suffering with the sickness, to pray, be praying for praying for wisdom for our president, you know, but encourage you as well uh, to pray for the spread of the gospel in all of this. Um, This call to prayer. But there's a comfort in prayer. Now we get to verse 33 of Romans 15. Just two parts here, a a simple prayer. Paul has asked them to pray for him. And in verse 33, now Paul says, this is what I'm praying for you. And it's uh, striking in its shortness, simplicity. And now may the God of peace. You know, what's peace? You know, peace is more than the absence of conflict. You know, peace, you know, according to scripture, speaks of restored relationships. A, a calmness of spirit. You know, it, it's a peace that uh, flows from the inside out. And it's peace that comes, as we'll see, because of our relationship to Christ. You know, one of the chief characteristics of God is this God of peace. You know, it's often heard and read in in Paul's benedictions, and it struck me this time, you know, that that usually it's at the close of his letter. You're going to see it again in Romans 16, verse 20. Romans 16, 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. There we can see, you know, it's peace because of a restored relationship. The God of peace will crush Satan uh, under your feet. But that, that, that theme of peace is right there at the very beginning of Romans as well. Romans chapter 1 verse 7. Romans 1 7. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints... Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, you can do your own study how often that word peace, you know, 
saturates the, the book of Romans, that this truth of God's peace. Started off our study of Romans back when with Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Today you may be feeling, you know, preacher, the, the, the wind is blowing strong, the waves are high. Ground seems shaky. You know, and here God's word reminds us, you know, here's our peace. You know, peace today, peace tomorrow, peace for all eternity. We've been justified. We've been declared righteous because of the righteousness of Christ. We have peace, present possession, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, glad, you know, we this uh, worship service was, uh, I don't know where I got the term, but in flux, you know, session met yesterday and thinking about uh, a scripture passage, sermon text, Lord graciously led to Romans 15.33 and uh, Dirk graciously selected the hymns. You know, and thankful we sang grace and peace. You know, if you encourage you to take this home with you, but that second verse. A grace and peace, oh, how can this be? The matchless king of all paid the blood price for me. Slaughtered lamb, what atonement you bring. The vilest sinner's heart can be cleansed, can be free. You know, there's peace. Peace that the world doesn't give to us, a peace the world can't take away. You know, the God of peace. One commentary, Lenski put it this way, the God of peace is the God who in and through Christ has established peace with us and fills our hearts. You know, and five quick truths, five bullet points here about peace, thinking about comfort and prayer. You know, God is the source of peace. You know, God possesses peace, but he, he doesn't just possess it. He doesn't hoard it, you know, like some people do with uh, the worldly goods. You know, he, he gladly gives it away. You know, he's our source of peace. And he graciously gives us peace, you know, without end. That well will never run dry. The strength of peace, you know, an inner spiritual peace. I believe it comes from uh, the promises of Scripture. You know, along with prayer, ground yourself in the word of God. The solace of peace, the source of peace, strength of peace, uh, the solace or the comfort. You know, Psalm 4, verse 8. You know, hear it again. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone. Make me, you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Uh, A verse well worth memorizing. And I have because many times that's a, 
the verse I pray before I go to sleep at night. You know, my mind is racing, worries, concerns. You know, you're the God of peace. We can lay down and sleep in peace. I think Dirk prayed, one of the elders prayed, you know, God is never, never slumbers or sleep. We can sleep because, you know, God's up 24-7. I got it. Go to bed, sleep. The security of peace. You know, think of the account in uh, Matthew's or Mark's gospel. You know, Jesus is in the boat with the disciples. The wind and the waves are, you know, swirling around them. They think they're going to drown. And they wake Jesus. You know, they're fearful. That was the humanity of Jesus. He got tired, hungry. And uh, Jesus, you know, awakens, and what does he say to the wind and the waves? Peace, be still. It's a different word for peace there. You know, it's more uh, the word for hush, be silent. You know, in weddings, the preacher says, speak now or forever hold your peace. You know, it's that idea. Uh, But... You know, there, there is a security, you know, in peace. You know, the, the Lord's in control. Sovereignty of God, providence of God. And finally, salvation, peace. You know, and there's, you know, there's the, uh, the solid rock of our peace, you know, that we have a Savior. You know, think of Christ's incarnation, his birth, Luke 2, 14. Verse we know well, the angels there singing God's praises at at Christ's birth. Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Five gospel truths here, but if I were to add one more, I couldn't think of another S, but the joy of peace. You know, Romans 14, verse 17. Romans 14, verse 17. You know, hear this. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, if we know God's peace, you know, we can be joyful. You know, not that we ever want to make light of uh, the crisis around us, you know, but we, we have a peace, you know, a joy, you know, in Christ. It said that God graciously fills our hearts with assurance and joy of this peace. I know I've read it to you before, but um, if you're familiar with the Heidelberg Confession, Heidelberg Catechism, excuse me, used by the other Reformed denominations. Uh, there's a new Trinity hymnal. Bought a copy, a little bit different than our red one. They've got all the Psalms in it, so you can sing all 150 Psalms. And uh, But then some great 
uh, gospel hymns, some of the newer hymns as well, but then it has uh, uh, the, the, the three forms of confession as well as the confession, Westminster Confession of Faith. But all that to say, Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day number one, the very first question. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has delivered me from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, also assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. And then the second question, and I'll end with that. How many things must you know to live and die in the joy of this comfort? What a great question. Three. First, how great my sin and misery are. Second, how I am delivered from all my sins and misery. Third, how I am to thank God for such deliverance. And... uh, be glad to make copies, or I'm sure you can find it all online. You know, Paul is praying, you know, here in Romans 15, 33, that the church, that Christians would know God's comfort in crisis. That they would possess it. That they would practice it. And I believe even to proclaim it. You know, our world desperately needs this. You know, every day, even more so today. So there's a call to prayer, a comfort in prayer, and finally a confidence in prayer. Uh, back to Romans 15:33. May the God of hope, may the God of peace be with you all. Amen. May the God of peace be with you all with all of you, you know, not not just some of you, not with those of you who are more spiritually mature, be with all of you. And that's Paul's prayer for this church. William Barclay puts it this way, the man who has the peace of God in his heart can meet all of life's perils unafraid. You know, that that ought to mark us. You know, it's not a ain't scared kind of faith. You know, but our, our faith and trust is in Christ. You know, in the God of peace. You know, and knowing that our we have that confidence and prayer, that that peace of God you know, what is to be our response? You know, again, quickly, we're, we're to rejoice in, in God's peace. You know, Romans 15, verse 13, that was our year verse back in 2016. Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. 
in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You know, there's a joy in in peace. We are to be rejoicing in God's peace. We are to be resting in God's peace. God's prescription, you know, against, um, I'm not against male ox or whatever. You know, don't, don't be getting any ulcers over what's happening. You know, don't be wringing your hands. I'm preaching to myself here. You know, no furrowed brows, no increased heart rates. You know, we are to rest in God's peace. And then we are to remember, always, uh, that this points us ahead to a greater, more glorious peace. Peace here and now, but it's going to get sweeter. You know, John 14, verse 27, Jesus speaking to his followers. John 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And it goes on from there. You know, God gives us this peace. We can rejoice, rest in it. Remember it. You know, thought of the book of Revelation coming to a close here. You know, Revelation, you know, a, a book filled with wars, rumors of war, plagues, diseases. You know, as God brings his holy judgment to bear upon the unrepentant, you know, and uh, Revelation as well as a call to worship Christ. That's uh, the dominant theme. You know, but even at the, there at the beginning of Revelation, Revelation chapter 1, verse 4, how does the Apostle John start by God's grace? Revelation 1, verse 4, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. You know, grace to you and peace. You know, grace and peace. You know, if we know God's grace to us in Christ, you know, shown in Christ's death for our sins at the cross, the righteous for the unrighteous, then we will know God's peace. Those two are inseparable. You know, and how does Paul close here? Romans 15, verse 33. Amen. Do I get an amen? amen? A solemn affirmation, or it can be an enthusiastic approval. You know, yes, this is true. I believe this in my heart. I claim this as God's gospel promise to me. Solemn affirmation, enthusiastic approval. You know, we we can go forth with great hope, great joy, great peace in Christ. Now, what are the takeaways today? Pray. Pray. You know, 
if you talk to your, your neighbors, talk to one another, talk to your coworkers, you know, whoever it might be, you know, they're, you know they're troubled, they're anxious, worried, fearful. A question, Lord, you know, encourages me and he has to push me hard sometimes is just say, can I pray with you? You know, and, and often they'll say yes. You know, they're, they, they're, their backs are against the wall. They know they're in a corner. They're in despair. Sometimes they'll say no. And uh, the comeback is, well, I will be praying for you. But then the Lord convicts me. When I say that, I have to follow through. You know, to pray. You know, and we can follow Paul's pattern here. Uh, Comfort. You know, God comforts us today. He comforts us so that we can comfort others. But we are those who have confidence. You know, we can pray for um, a way to treat this virus, you know, along with quarantining or washing hands, whatever it might be. You know, but, but our confidence is ultimately, finally, and fully in, in Christ. Now may the God of peace be with you all. All God's people said, Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are the God of peace. And Lord, may your peace fill our hearts and minds in Christ. Lord, may you lead us out with peace. May we go forth with joy, a joy of salvation. Lord, thank you uh, for your grace to us in Christ. And uh, Father God, may we be those who not only rest on that grace and peace and rejoice in that, but uh, Lord, be pleased to use us um, in these uh, critical days to, to proclaim that you are indeed a God of peace, a God who gives us peace in Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.